tell you the truth, man. Here's some guy. That's the problem with radio. Some guy who's managing an automotive parts store yeah. is telling you how to uh, do your radio show. Meanwhile, I'm a genius. Absolutely. Well, that may be straight. We did teach you how to steal material. That was good. That was true. You did teach me how to do that. We're good. Carrie's in us, Maggie, and they mentioned they call me Baba Booey. I don't give a shit if they mention they call me Baba Booey. I don't care. I don't care about they call me Baba Booey. I hope the book does well. I think the fans will enjoy it. I'm hoping he has a success. But I don't give a fuck. I want to get Thursday the when you're Thursday, on your way out don't, of here. don't bother me with Baba Booey. Can you bang any of those stripper broads on the uh, on the show? Teresa Lynn said you banged up. Teresa who? She was on here. She told she was in your movie, Private Parts. Oh, Amy uh, no, no, no. Teresa, the, the one with the, oh, the no. little ass. She never said that. She told That's me. a lie. Oh. Admit you're lying. That's Tony. She told Tony. Did I ever bang Teresa Lynn? Reveal. I do have to ask. Do you think there's a physical match between him and Beth? <laughs> do you? <laughs> yes, they're both tall and have ten fingers. <laughs> yeah, they look right together. <laughs> I don't know, they look more right together now. Where was this on the regular show? <laughs> it just occurred to me that I listened to them. So what business is it of anyone when I get paid? And if the CFO, if this guy's the chief financial officer, why is he broadcasting what I, what I need to be earning and what I should be making and that I'm paid too much? Howard Stern, and this is, a, this is called a yutz. He's, you know what it is? Somebody asked him a question and he wants to seem like he knows something. I don't mean to be adversarial. I'm just saying this has come up on the show. And I know we're asked not to talk about it, but people are calling. What did they tell you? What did they tell you? Well, they told us we shouldn't talk about it. Talk about what? Talk about your hair loss. I don't have hair loss. I have more hair than you do. You know Continue some of our crew says Beth is the Yoko Ono? I don't know whether that's what? 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 Yes! Yes! Beth! Poor oh, Beth. Beth doesn't... Up. This is my crew. These are the guys with the cameras. Well, well listen to me. This is, you know... This is so silly. Well, Beth always says to me, you know, you're much older than I am. You're 19 years. What am I going to do when you're dead? Blah, 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 blah. Whoa. And I go, honey. She's going to have a party. Let me tell you something. <laughs> have a party. Oh, look. At, now we know how Robin's thinking. Oh, wow. Okay. No, that, you know, you're going to say, wow. I'm making a you're joke. You're fucked up. <laughs> but when you piss on somebody's job opportunity, you know. Ellen really wanted to be a judge on American Idol. Wasn't her goal when she got into the business, but she really wanted it, and she took the job. She would deny me my dream job because she doesn't like me personally. And that's why I told you Ellen's a cunt. I think that Dana is, is unlike Beth, who, during the Abelo interview, was hearing that Howard wasn't going to sacrifice anything. He wasn't going to change a damn thing about himself from even taking the shoes off and stepping on a white carpet. There was going to be nothing. He was going to cave for her happiness. And nothing. Dana realizes that this addictive behavior and how Artie's acting now, she's ready to take a reprieve from it and focus on her happiness. And he has to focus on himself. I will stick by you. I will help you, you know, try to push you to do the right things for yourself. But I have to worry about myself so I'm not sucked in this vortex of unhappiness. If you heard that Ablo interview, you would immediately know you should not marry this person. You should not be with this person. This person does not give a shit about you. 
Yes, and I, and in fact, uh, I guys, I'm going to probably, as a little pet project, remaster the Ablo interview to get all the levels e- as e- even as possible, and then re-release it on Patreon because we don't normally do that for um, for older episodes. They're all on YouTube, and that's a big pain in the ass for me to go and upload them all to Patreon because we're talking like over a hundred episodes. But um, they're there on all the PayPal, what have you. They're they're on they're on Podbean and everything and Spotify and stuff. But that one rewrite that particular Ablo episode. It, it is scary if you look at it. Take the comedic elements out of that show that we tried to make funny. It really isn't a funny situation. It's it's almost the equivalent of Artie's behavior, you know, without speaking how Howard was speaking. It's the same sort of circumstances. I'm putting myself first in my selfish bullshit addiction. Howard's putting himself first in his narcissistic tendencies. And Dana was smart enough to realize this and say, no. I need to care about my happiness. Instead, Beth was like, I need a Birkin. Um, (laughs) I think, I I think that we should, when we do, when you remaster the Avalo, maybe we should do a segment um, where he was speaking with Artie because that did happen. Right. Which one you mean? Yeah. Well, we did, we did cover that actually. That's, that's in the episode. Oh, we can also, I think we should do a little add-on bonus or something to it to kind of, if we're remastering. Well, they did, we could. There's there's a section, uh, I think, was it Ablo that came in and mediated between um, High Pitch Mike and Artie? I think it was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That that one might be amusing, too. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to go back. Cause I haven't, I actually haven't listened to the Ablo thing in a long time. God knows mm-hmm. I obsessed about, um, editing it properly when we did do, uh, and I don't, I didn't know the tricks I know now. I, otherwise, uh, I wouldn't have to go and remaster anything, but it still holds up guys. Still, it's still really good. And I suggest anybody who hasn't heard it, who's listening retroactively, like the way I did with the Stern show, go back and listen to it as is. And you'll, you'll see why we chose the episodes we did mm-hmm. he was just so vivacious not too long ago and um fun and happy and when that disappeared my concern is not for me in this relationship my concern was for Artie mm-hmm. and what happened to you and where are you and come back because i love you and mm-hmm. you know i want to see you happy Oh my God. You women have to stop trying to civilize us Neanderthals. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the case, then I'm okay with that too. You know, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. honesty mm-hmm. is a factor here. And mm-hmm. I just want what's best for him. And if he doesn't want to, you know, get happy, then hey, I know that I have to be. So. There you go. That's very mature. That's unbelievably mature. And they, if for guys, for those of you wondering, they do kind of go on again, off again for the next couple years. Uh, and it makes for a, 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 an amusing soap opera and sometimes really sad. But um, in this case, yeah, Artie was stupid. He should have had people in his yeah. life saying, she's she's fantastic. You, she's such a fucking keeper. Mm-hmm. And you really should be doing something. He's really, I mean, there's only so much you can do with an addict. But yeah, that's, um, the, that's the truth of it is it's you're never going to. It's that. Through. That's yeah. your love. That's your life. That's your goal. That's your purpose. And yeah. that just takes over all other aspects that are good, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dana is very mature in this. And it did get very dark and sad towards the, you know, go between in, the, in but, this. 
Also, I didn't like during the end or towards the end how Artie blamed whatever was going on with Dana for all of his missteps on the show from missing Mm -hmm. or for his binges or for, oh, things are going bad with Dana. So that bothered me a lot about Artie towards the end where Dana became it's because of how she was reacting. That's that was the excuse. But it really wasn't. He was just fucking off and doing drugs. Well, that's it. And you're not getting the full honesty from him. And then even later on, when you do get it, he's not going to go back and say, well, it wasn't Dana. I, I, mm-hmm. I should take that back. I feel bad. I made her the fucking villain of the piece. And she, and she really wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Howard, welcome to the better half. Hey, guys. Hi, Howard. I've had an absolutely exhausting day dealing with Les Moonves and I'm so in love with me that... <laughs> <laughs> Exhausting. Your lawyers it- dealt with Les Moonves. You didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> you just cried. Yeah. It's a, it's weird though. Howard, you know, Harvey Weinstein at the birthday, Les Moonves was the greatest thing until he wasn't. Howard hangs around and pals around with a lot of shady people. And then it's only after the fact that, oh, I had no idea. Right, exactly. They can't let go of me. But anyway, I, you know, I'm listening to the show, and uh, I think this is such a great opportunity. I'm more curious than ever. Uh, first of all, Mary, hi. Hi, how are you? Did Howard have non-compete clauses with when he was going to Sirius? They knew he was leaving, but remember, part of the lawsuit was because he was constantly promoting Sirius. Eh, eh, eh. But yeah. did he have a non-compete clause? I mean, I think that lawsuit was pretty valid. They should have kept they should have went as far as they could with it because he didn't shut the fuck up about satellite radio for that entire year and whatever it was a year and change like because he signed it in December of 2004 but then all of 2005 was a massive plug because once they found out that he was getting subscriber bonuses it, it, like there were targets to meet that's when they a George judge would have simply said oh so you had a vested interest in fucking plugging this thing yeah we're gonna find for CBS shithead but I also wonder if he had, you know, it would be, say, Rogan had a show on Comedy Central, but was constantly plugging Spotify for the fucking whole last year of his Comedy Central show. Oh, he'd Do, get sued. You know, like, don't you think what I just wonder what those did he have a non-compete clause? What were the terms of it? I don't know. I, it's prob- probably, probably not because it was such a new thing at the time. But and I guarantee. But they, I mean, they did have to sit him down and say, look. We have to like we if we you know, remember the Tom Snyder show when he went on that appearance and he plugged that one eight hundred number and they bleeped uh-huh. it out. Yeah. I'm surprised C- CBS at the time didn't if they didn't do it they should have. I think a lot of times they wanted to, but he had only so much real estate during the show, and because he did so many like you know things like Cryptacular and stuff like that, uh, where they had to edit out. There are some days where if you edited out all of his satellite talk, you would have fucking got three hours instead of four. Or five. Or do you think that the contract he signed, because you're right, Sirius was such a new medium, it wasn't terrestrial radio. Technically, you're not competing with other radio stations. I think so, that was it. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder if that the reason when they sued and it got to go on for so long, you're right, is because of the the benefit package. So it financially benefited him in those royalties of subscriptions, which they didn't know about. 
And in the end, those fucking idiots, like they, they literally, they sold his tapes. They, they, they settled for 2 million CBS in the end. And Sirius paid the 2 million. Howard didn't pay a nickel. Of course. He never did. And he got his, he got his tapes back. And I think it was funny, like Sirius probably realized a lot of this stuff really isn't worth that much in retrospect. Like we don't have them, we can't sell them. So these tapes are worthless to us, but they, they have them, they can market him. Up until Howard Stern, the high school, sorry, the high school years, the history of Howard Stern, you um, got a lot of repeats. A lot of the old tapes weren't that entertaining anymore. And I have <laughs> shitloads of 90s. Um, G-Chup is sending, sending me all of his audio tapes from the early 90s, like digitized. And I'm going through them and it's fantastic stuff, but it's so dated, a lot of it. Essentially, the serious stock is like a doja coin you know everybody's real <laughs> excited about it in the beginning <laughs> falling yeah. off a cliff yeah pretty much good you know i, I today i did something uh, demeaning to gary i i made him go to the apartment and check to see if i had thrown away my masturbation tissues are you kidding me <laughs> no does you know, that, i think i did hear a tidbit of this yeah does that upset you when i take gary and ask him to do something uh, as disgusting as touch my <laughs> honey my, that's gross uh, i know honey I, I know it is this is a perfect parallel beth and howard acting superior and their way of making sure everybody knows they're the head bees. They're the perfect. They're in said. charge. That was, yeah, he was remind. He was telling Mary, like basically saying, remember I'm your fucking husband's boss. He cleans up my cum tissues. Uh, remember John Hine, I can ask whatever question I want when I feel like it and push people mm-hmm. around in a chair. Yep. No, it doesn't bother me. Come on with your husband mm. and let's face it. He has to touch my cum tissues. <laughs> I mean, that just can't oh. sit well with you. Oh. Oh. There was no one else available. <laughs> there were some people. He's the only one I trusted. It's not bad enough that he said it the first time. He had to twist that knife a little bit more to make that superiority point a little bit deeper. The same way Beth just didn't have to ask one thing. She had to ask multiple prying things. It's on the top same of, on top thing. of that, he he had to make it creepier. It was already creepy enough, but then he had to verbalize it twice. To, so you made sure you got that image of Gary touching Howard's dirty fucking tissues. Yep. See the see these are my serfs. Yep. <laughs> Sweet well, on some level. Uh, no, it doesn't bother. Did it bother him? Probably not. Dana, I love you. Hi, Howard. Hi, I Dana. love you. And I'm very sad to hear about you and Artie. I'm more confused than ever. Here, here's, I got to ask you point blank. Let's go to dinner. Bye. No. <laughs> no, no, no wait, I'm, I'm really more confused than ever. Are you uh, saying that if Artie goes into therapy, that you would consider moving in with him? Absolutely, Howard. Howard, okay. listen. I was raised Catholic, right. and uh, I I am not Catholic anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm spiritual, actually, and so I consider this to be uh, sort of our precana. You know, I, mm. I genuinely mean that with all my heart. I do not want to go to a priest. I don't want to go to a rabbi. I don't want to do anything. I just want... This is our pre-cana. Right, so therapy. you're saying, you know, mm-hmm. I admire you. I think Artie needs to be in therapy. Thank I think you, Howard. Therapy. I think it shows that you love him. Absolutely. But, but are you dating anyone presently? No. Would you, what, 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 if Artie doesn't go to a therapist within the next month, will you begin seeing other men? No, not within the next month. I think it's going to take a little more time. Mm-hmm. I have Clyde. 
So, so, so what do you think? Why do you think Artie didn't immediately go into therapy? I'm going to tell you why, Howard, and, and I bet you know this. I don't. Just as much as I do. All but right. whenever mm. you tell Artie something, whenever he hears the word ultimatum, or if you if 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 Artie is told something, or if he feels like he's being told to do something, mm. he will run. Mm. But isn't that most addicts? You know, the initial intervention usually never works out. I mean, it's not as dramatic as the Sopranos episode with Christopher, but it's along the lines of they have to want it for themselves. Well, with addicts, yes, but I think inherently in Artie, he's just a stubborn, you know, he's just a stubborn guy anyway. And if you're going to make him do something, he'll just do the opposite on purpose to be a dick. Plus, it doesn't help when you're on this type of show with this level of fame for example, the whole stripper anecdote about how, hi, honey, there are so many other options that already can seek alternative pleasure, alternative, you know, quasi girlfriend scenarios. Oh, yeah, this girl I do coke with, this girl I do heroin with this, you know, he can have a, as many hanger honors as he wants to. So that makes it a little bit more difficult, I think, than most normal people and everyday nine to fives who are going through something similar because of the options mm -hmm. and the money. Well, yeah, uh, but ultimately, I mean, then the therapy thing, the thing that um, I think he's talked about it before. We covered it. Len, Len Young and I are doing the uh, Drew uh, Ablo. Sorry, the Dr. Drew. Um, not Drew Ablo. I keep fucking him up. The Dr. Drew Artie video where he comes in and ambushes Artie. And uh, Artie discussed it a little bit. He just doesn't want to actually go into what's bothering him because it's too painful. And that's of a lot course. of people. That's a lot of, of people just don't want to face what's really bothering them because they, they're afraid of what's, how it's going to hurt them that much more. And if you don't face it, then you end up with a Howard where you're in therapy for 30 years and it only gets worse and you're just playing the same fake narratives. Yeah. So you just come out uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> let's continue. Wait, and, and I, I, what my hurdle is, is trying to let him know that it's so for him and hopefully, you know, for us. You know what I mean, Howard? Like, yes. It's... I, I admire what you're saying. What you're saying is that uh, as soon as you put your foot down, it was basically, a, a, I think it's a very loving thing to do. You're saying, Artie, I don't think you're capable of being in the relationship with me, and I need you to do this. I need you to go in therapy. So let's say Artie goes in therapy, and you move in together. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, you want to have children. Yes, one. Do you trust Artie? Do you, have tr do you trust Artie to be the father of your children? Oh, absolutely. You but do. I think I think right now, um, I don't think see uh I don't know if this is too personal or not, but I'm gonna say it. A child or a marriage should not be a void that you need to fill. Well, that's exactly what I said before, and she's very smart and mature to come to that conclusion before she actually did any of this. But it's really Really interesting that Howard, the way he's questioning Dana, you can parallel this to how Ablo is questioning Howard and all the things that he is admiring Dana for pushing Artie to do, giving mm -hmm. these ultimatums, making these personal sacrifices. Howard was kicking and screaming the same. He was not willing to do any anything 
not even sacrifice taking off boots. Yep. Okay. Yep. So weird how he can flip that on her and say, that's, that's a noble thing. That's wonderful that you're expecting him to do these things. I think it's great for you. I think it's great for him. He should do this. But when it comes to Howard, not at all. No, it's, 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 I, it, it's, uh, well, isn't it in, on, in some ways, I'm sorry, guys, it's go tongue. I'm so tongue tied this one. I'm thinking of how Robin can see his narcissism manifesting itself outright and vice versa. When she gets, when like during the whole 15 foundation, he could absolutely see the crash before it happened. And oh, yeah. she, she can see his, you know, like every time he's being neurotic about something, she knows the culmination of what's going to happen before he does. But they can't see it in themselves. They it's can't del- it's, see it's, how it's insufferable a, they are. Themselves. Well, that's true. That that's true. But it's just that whole that level of delusion is what keeps them from actually seeing the reality. And the only thing that keeps them from actually just putting a gun to their fucking heads and offing themselves. I know. I know it's so depressing and dark to say that, but a lot of people that that whole veneer of um, covering your own bullshit is the one thing that keeps you going for a lot of people. Whether whether it's break good times, come <laughs> yeah. on, yeah, well, like whatever it is, and if it's uh, if it's substances, like for Artie, it was definitely substance abuse, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, God wish it. He just recently tweeted. I think, and made a Facebook post, the same thing. I think basically he has that app that uh, allows you to do both simultaneously, like mirror what they are on social media, whatever the post you're doing. It was about his uh, cafe macchiato getting fucked up. And the the name was Artia, <laughs> A-R-T-I-A. He goes, oh. uh, I guess they think I'm transitioning. <laughs> 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 and um, anyway, um, well, they, it's good uh, to know he's alive. <laughs> someone posted, they'd know that from your order. <laughs> that's even better yeah and uh and everybody's like god we hope you're well that kind of because he doesn't he's so like uh like jd salinger he's so in the middle of like no one he's boo radley no one's seen him and nobody's heard from him and the only thing you hear i think jimmy palumbo was posting uh that somebody quoted jimmy palumbo saying he's fine he's you know his mother had to move out unfortunately because she's not doing well so our regards to you judy we love you um judy lang and uh, they had to down. I think they're selling. They sold her house, so she's going to be going probably in a like a an elderly facility. Well, I think considering how these last decades have played out, when he goes on hiatuses for six months, reappears, does a bunch of stuff, and it's the mm-hmm. same cycle, maybe it's healthier that we're not hearing from him because well, that, this I, is I relatively agree. better. I th- yeah, I think so. Pro- I, I probably think this is better. He really should just go back to being a longshoreman, in my opinion. It's he needs something steady. I don't know that he's going to completely get healthy, but he's going to be surrounded by guys that love him. There will always be. I don't think um, the entertainment industry is really uh, conducive to his health. So you're right. I think that he needs a purpose and it might be working with his hands. It might be writing because he was really great at writing books. Sure, but I mean, if he and if he did go back, go to one of the union guys and get a job back, he could get a desk job, maybe. You know, he doesn't even have to be loading trucks; he can just be coordinating stuff and say, like, yeah, whatever. And then have uh, I don't know, just be administrative. I think that would be great for him if he if he put his head because he's not a stupid person. No, and there's no shame in changing your career trajectory in life. 
No, not at you all. You know, it's so, it's not it's not just because it's more money doesn't make it better. No, he got more money and he wasn't any happier. No. Not at all. It should be something that enhances, in my opinion, your life. And right now I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. I would love to get married. I would love to have a child. I think Artie thinks maybe that a marriage is is a void that he needs to fill in his life. I, I think he should be happy before he commits to a marriage. You're, I don't think a marriage is going to make him happy. I see. So um, I, I'm going to ask you for your, your best guess, your best opinion now. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is the likelihood of you and Artie getting back together, uh, moving in together in this house in New Jersey with a special room for the dog? <laughs> it's interesting. Howard and Beth, what were the reasons why Howard wanted to get married. He said, and I'll never forget it, it was the way the doorman, <laughs> the doorman. treated her <laughs> like a whore. And or he really thought it was time. Yeah. He really thought it was time to do the respectable thing. Yeah. Which sounded so like like, like this is a mixture this is a mixture of nobility and sleaze like uh, i want to i want to make her my my wife so that people treat her with respect implying that nobody treated her with respect well why do you think that is right it was a modern day uh, aristocratic sort of you know the henry the eighth is going to marry the whore after well, beheading he, the next one you know, look at very... look it fulfills it fulfills his pretty woman fantasy except that he uh -huh. wants to be the julia roberts and the richard gear the point is is that it's just so vapid and empty yeah you know in comparison to this where they want it to be for the right reasons well, do you think also doormen in New York don't have a fucking oh, black book of hookers and, and known Dubai fucking pin cushions that they go, oh, yeah, he's seeing uh, – and they have nicknames. You know, there's the vacuum cleaner. Oh, there, okay, there's the uh, – you know, there's the fucking – you know, there's there's uh, Mar Marlene shit on me Williams coming into uh, the studio. So, you know, like they're, they're, they know they, – this culture, they know exactly what – What's going on? No one's looking at her and him and saying, oh, they must love each other. I mean, what are, what do you think they said about Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite photoshops of them leaving his apartment and yeah. Ralph's always behind him. And I just every time you see that that image, like it's a wire image or like a Getty image thing. I always think Scott Thorson and Liberace. So true. Unbelievable. <laughs> ten, being, ten being, yeah, that's most likely to happen. One being, it's never going to happen. I think, I think it's ten, but I think it has to be Howard for all the right reasons, not because you want to fill a void or because this is something you're supposed to do because you're 38 years old. Do you, you think? Know? You think is it is it hard to get Artie to commit to marry? I'm trying to understand this because you know tomorrow morning I'm about to deal with him. <laughs> um, do you think it's hard to get? If a he guy shows to... up, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> He'll show up. You know what I also think, too, is Beth's family. I do think there was some pressure there, especially after the brothers started getting married. Yeah. That what what does this look like to my family in comparison? Yeah. Well, on top of that, in the Ablo thing, he still says, I still have never seen the I've never been to Pittsburgh. <laughs> that was Five just years. the fact that it was a sacrifice for him and he was so proud of himself that he was actually going to meet her family in Pittsburgh After and her years. complete almost meltdown on air about 
making him comfortable. It was almost worse that he went for her, yeah. which yeah. says a lot. My God, we were, we were, we could, we made a meal of that. And I'm like, Bob, I only wish we'd known Bob at the time. He would have, we would have, Diablo thing would have been four parts in that situation. Because Easily. we all, like we, and no, knowing now more what we do know about it. And we did use some of the clips for the, um, it's all about him, Ed saga. So if, if you guys want to revisit some of that, you can definitely use, uh, you can go into that instead of the Ablo clip, uh, Ablo, um, part one of, uh, QF. Do you think it's hard to get a guy like Artie to uh, commit to marriage because he has a pretty insulated life in that he makes a good living. His mom cooks for him. Mm-hmm. His mom, you know, does the books and does the whole thing. His sister's very protective of him. Mm-hmm. Is it almost like, well, what the hell? All I need is a woman to give me sex and everything's pretty complete. Sex and a child. Come That's on, That's right. Howard. That's right. <laughs> um, again, I'm going to just go back to... Um, I I love him, Howard, dearly. I think you know that. But it has to be for the right reasons. I don't I think right now Artie feels like he has to be married for whatever those reasons mm-hmm. are. He has to be. There's nothing we have to do that anybody has to do. It's it's a want because of the right reasons. And that's what I want to make sure of. And that's why I think therapy is like the Precana for us, I in see. a sense. I, I admire that, and I think Artie does too. I think I he hope so, Howard. I hope so. Allison Norris, quick question. I got John. Do you mind that I'm asking some questions before we go through that? It's just I can I can only imagine for Beth that would have been like listening to Mandarin Chinese because she like she kept silent because I think for a lot of reasons. Number one, she's just a dumb fuck, but number two. She's probably thinking, oh, God, and I'm married to this pelican. I'm not even married. I'm trying to get to the point where I can be married to this asshole and he will never change. And I'm this vapid and whatever, like the intelligence level, forget the cute level, the uh, uh, likability, just the intelligence level and the presence of self that Dana has compared to Beth is off the chain. It's off, it's off the chain. It's off the fucking scale. Sorry. There, between there is them, no the vast scale. Chasm. It, we're no. in completely different. We're on an island that has never been inhabited. That's correct. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. with a bunch of natives running around and then, you know, the UK. That's that's how off and different. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Real quick. Allison Norris. Hi, Howard. Why does Fred always think that I don't like him or appreciate him? I've always told him how much he means to me. Am I not uh, demonstrative enough? Am I not a is that the right word? Yeah, my, do I? I'm probably wrong with that word. But do, do I? What do I need to tell Fred that I love him? No. What do I- it is demonstrative. He he's so stupid. Yeah. I think that this question, as it's posed as an inquiry, that he is genuinely curious if he acts like he likes Fred enough. But really, it's it's not. It's more. You know, I treat Fred like shit. Now, please butter me up and tell me that all the ways I treat him are just fine. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Need to Thank do. you. Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe... how about pay him more, fucking asshole? How about stop? Um, ask, how about not ask him to clean up the records because you're pretending you have OCD? <laughs> right. Just tell him you love him. You know, maybe. Allison, um... does, does Fred really think that's true? No, I think I, I honestly, Howard, I think that Fred feels that. You really do love him. I think it's kind of a brother thing where, yes. you know, you love him and you expect so much from him. And honestly, Howard, he has your back. He, there's I nothing. Know that. Uh, can I tell you the honest truth? I mean, we're all being honest here. Yes. 
There's nothing he would not do for the show. He would almost take a bullet for the show. At some point that was true, but I believe eventually he was completely, he's like Howard's psychiatrist. I'm taking this check and I'm running. Well, I think that's a lot of them now because, I mean, besides (laughs) that point, though, for a long time that is true. I think Howard knows that. But a lot of the problem is Howard's frustration that he takes out on people like Fred, Jackie, Gary, Artie. It's because, and the TV crew for E, is you hired people to, you hired people because you knew you can underpay them and because you knew that they would just do whatever you wanted. But when they couldn't rise to the level of either professionalism or product that you then wanted to transform and be, you got frustrated with it. So because you yourself can't do it. So you want other people to make it and take it to the next level for you. And you wanted them to be things that they aren't. Yep. And so it's so he's taking out his own frustrations on them anyway. Right. And you won't pay people <laughs> yeah. to actually do the things that you want for your show. But you're also too stupid to understand that the people you have hired are incapable of doing a job and you pay them for years and you're frustrated with yourself because why didn't I just fire these people ages ago? Why don't and I'm why am I'm the I really am the idiot. It looks like it does look like that. And uh, he also wouldn't hire that. He also wouldn't fire them and hire different people because, again, that would require a different work atmosphere, then people might sue you for your unprofessionalism, underpayment, more hours that go underpaid, the lackey work that you made them do, and the abusive way you treated them. Who else was going to put up with that? Take uh, anal from uh, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really need him to do. He almost would. I don't know, but he <laughs> he's so he so would do anything for this show. Mr. X X is a hard guy to read sometimes. Mr. X, how do you feel about me? Seriously, be be honest. Am I, am I uh, good enough to Robin or am I, uh, do do you ever get envious of me with my relationship with Robin? I need to know. No, absolutely not. We don't compete, do we? Absolutely not. And I appreciate the Mercedes. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) So does the stripper. (laughs) No, that's an alpha move on Mr. X's part. Because yeah. he was trying to do something similar as he was doing to Allison. Um, but Mr. X is way more confident and masculine than Howard is. So he's going to say thanks for the Mercedes. <laughs> like, that's it. Well, the other thing is, I, I, there's a couple of reasons why Howard called in, obviously. But number one, I think he literally felt on a base level that it was boring as fuck. And he had to step it up, but also he needed to step all over it because it's his show. Because he was doing this uh, the the first uh, when they had the first Friday show when they when when he wasn't in, and mm-hmm. this is pre wrap up show because the wrap up show was a, a, an offshoot eventually of the Friday show, and uh, and he had to he felt the need to call in I'm like why didn't you just fucking stay in and have a goddamn show on Friday you asshole like you promoted. He is right, though, that the f- way John Hine is asking such surface level questions, you know, I don't he's like also, how he's, Beth he's not, jumped in on it, but it was very, right. it's careful, curated interviewing that is so not on the Howard Stern level of what we're used to hearing either. 
but well, we we don't know if that's what he was directed to do or that was just organic. But the other thing True. is, of course, if he was directed and then that was just Howard's way of fucking asserting his dominance, so to speak, like knowing he was going to call in. I think he knew from the start he was going to call in, regardless of how good a job John was doing or not. I agree with you on that part. But I do think that John was just, you know, there's they're no drunk, pushback. there's drinking, there's a ton of people on the set and the way these questions are just being, you know, just so slowly rolled out and you're asking the same question for every single person. It's, it's an odd way to do this, especially when, you know, it's really rare that you have all of them there. It's so careful. Well, the truth is it shouldn't have been John doing this anyway. It should have been Howard. I would have even taken Sal. Well, I mean, anybody that had a more than passable knowledge of the show, like, I don't know that John Hine knows enough or, first of all, is, is is adept enough in the course of asking a question to know that you can steer it another way if you want to. You can go down, push back a little bit and ask for a little clarification. You don't have to just let them go on. And I'm not talking about Howard level interrupting. I'm talking about this is interesting. Why don't we explore this a little bit longer? Or ask, ask more fun questions or I guess invasive in a way or probing questions. These are just such fluffy questions. Bland as fuck. They're very bland. And they, even the callers (laughs) were bland, which I'm sure you pre-screen them. So why were those the callers? But again, you are right in the sense that maybe he did pick John for this exact reason because he is bland. He's not going to probe. He's not going to do a sell thing. There's not going to be a huge soundbite from this. The only thing we're lucky enough to get from this because of the way it's going is the Beth interjections and their character comes across. Well, the other thing I was thinking of was the whole high school girl thing where like almost every hot chick I knew had some fat, fatty friend to make them look better by comparison. And it was not or like it wasn't something where their friend got, you know, so was cute and then suddenly got big. It was always like I'm going to be friends with someone far less attractive than me. And I know this sounds shallow, but I believe that's a good that's a total. (laughs) I, I know sometimes people are legit friends regardless of what they look like. But when I was growing up in high school, it seemed like there was always this the super alpha like hot chick always had some like charity case she was friends with in the smoking area, whatever, and would pal around with, but it was always a drastic difference. It wasn't even like this one's a nine and this one's an eight. It's like this one's a nine and this one's a fucking four. And it made no sense because beautiful people typically only hang out with beautiful people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that. See? <laughs> Go ahead. I, I think that uh, I remember in high school, the people who, you know, they, you know, they, they would have that fat best friend or that fat pal around person because they were the person that would go and fight for them or they would go to blows with people or they would be the mouthy cunts to people so they didn't have to say the things that they didn't want to say. They would do your bidding. <laughs> so did you have one? <laughs> no, I did not. I mean, I just don't go. I had a, I had a variety of people. Well, that's it. That's it. Like we, I remember specifically, I we had shallow. <laughs> no, well, that's it. That's my point. Like the, the, the people that were shallow would have that relationship with somebody. And I think that, um, with, with, with our crew it was like, it was, it was based on nothing but, um, uh, social status. Like we were all like working class kids hanging around with each other and it really didn't matter 
you know, what people looked like as long as they weren't dicks to each other. And as long as they were funny, if you had a, like, if you could, if you could tell a good story, a funny story or tell a joke or play sports or, you know, just drink or whatever, or, you know, just hang basically and not be up your ass, you were fine. Yeah. I, I, but I know what you mean. And I think that Howard, you're right. John Hine is the fat friend that is going to do the bidding for today's show. Right, but also, how do I make myself look like a, a, a better interviewer, but then by hiring this fucking Noma to do my job? Yes. Just by comparison. Are you driving the Mercedes? No, Robin won't, won't let me near it. <laughs> you know something? You're one of the funniest guys I've ever met, much funnier than me. Um, but I've never heard you really speak seriously about your affection for Robin. Is there a true love there, or is this just a mere friendship? Oh, true love. Absolutely. That's why we don't have to speak about it. Why Why can't you tell me how you feel about her in words? Is that something you it's would... none of your business. Why not? <laughs> it's interesting that he said, is this a true love or is this just a friendship? Is this projection right. much? Completely. Yep. And listen to what he, you, you heard what he had to say. It's none of your fucking business. That's right. And that's, the not... way to hand, that's, that's the way to handle Howard whenever he asks something like that. Just say, fuck off. Oh, do you think he should have said, well, Howard, we've already spent a lot of time on this topic, so we could just move on to the next person. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be good if he did a Beth impression in that baritone voice. I don't know. Why does it concern you? Uh, Because, I don't know, it's a radio show. I'm trying to mix it up. (laughs) (laughs) Howard's so uncomfortable because he just, when you get shut down like that, there's no recovery. Did you hear that neighing in the background? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Big time. I don't know. I hope Artie and Dana stay together. I think Dana's oh, tremendous. I want to talk about all the wives right now. Thanks, and all Howard. The, I want to Mr. X's sweater is the color of hay, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> when is the last time you heard Beth even try to force a fake laugh for anything Howard says anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? She does not do it. She will not do that anymore. She will not pretend he's funny. I don't think she has the, literally the physical energy for it anymore. <laughs> do you know, you think you know, do you know laughs, how much effort it is to, to fake dust. laugh? She thinks she turned to dust like if Buffy stabbed a vampire and it would be like. Poof. I'm just saying she'd be like Claudia at the end of interview with the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you right now, like she um, in this situation here. Like when you, I think sometimes the silences are more telling than what actually gets said and Beth, not wanting to interject with Mr. X, not wanting to interject with, let's say uh, Allison so much, but definitely Mary, did you get the sense that Beth knows that Mary knows what she's about? There is no way the looks generating between Mary and Beth. She's not, you feel that gaze, you know, when somebody is skeptical of you. You can feel that energy. Yeah. Delabate, a true pleasure and a, and a oh. great woman. Uh, Mary, I heard wild things about you on your trip to, um, uh, I, I wonder if you would comment. I heard wonderful things about you on your trip to uh, Amsterdam that you actually uh, got high. I did. And, uh, <laughs> and you passed out. I did. Yes. And, um, and uh, did you find that embarrassing that it was discussed on the radio? Oh, no, not at all. It was hilarious, actually. I had <laughs> two no hits. Two hits a pot. What do you think of the fact that Gary says he doesn't get enough sex from you? Is that a shtick or is that does the real thing? Does he say thing? that? Yeah, he does. He feels he's not having a, an active enough sex life. He has, he has voiced that on the air. Oh, well, he's got to warm me up. He did. Who would have sex with that 
fucking disgusting mouth. Ugh. God. Well, I think I did that with that. I just, I'd already used this joke on the show, but uh, the, it's the old joke. Why does a Jewish bride uh, smile so much on her wedding day? It's because she knows she's given her last blowjob. Well, that's kind of like Mary and Bowie. Yeah, you know, like, it is. Like in the, yeah. And so... We again, we'll go into the cheating, the the whole uh, the next I, we talked about in the last episode. I believe we're definitely going to make that part of the next Beth's secret stash. The whole, you know, Barry, Mary, <laughs> Gary cheats on his wife. You don't know that. <laughs> right. I love that clip. God, mm-hmm. does he not warm you up enough? <laughs> no, he does not. He does not. Oh, he's going to turn me on. What, do you, what, what does that mean? What does he need to do? Well, he's going to romance me. He's going to treat me nice. Howard, actually, Howard, I, I have a question for Mary with you on the phone. Uh, During see? the show, Howard often says what Mary, what you should be doing in the house, what your role should be. And then when Gary comes home from work, he should be doing something and you should be doing something, meaning you should be taking care of the house, doing the chores. That kind. Howard, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I here. believe that Gary is too much of a house husband. He puts in an exhausting day and I think he's expected to do too much with the kids. Yeah, but where do you get that information? From me, because I'm insane. <laughs> So Gary, the pussy that he is, is the house husband for Howard. So by the time he gets home, you know, Mary, (laughs) I'm assuming she's domineering too, but the amount of effort he probably puts in running around for Howard is full stop (laughs) is what he spends on that. He doesn't spend it on his marriage. He spends it on Howard. He's already been bent over at work and fucking stooped by a thousand, thousand Howardisms. And then you got to go home to work. Then he's got to go home and take it from Mary. I guarantee Gary cheated for no other reason than for this is for you. This is for you, Mary. Fuck you. And he was probably telling these hookers or whatever, just sluts in, in LA calling them Mary and just doing anal completely. But I guarantee he would have been a better husband and they would have had a happier marriage if he wasn't working for Howard. Oh, certainly. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, like even if he had way less money for Christ's sake, but he wouldn't be with Mary, he'd be with some, some, I don't know, some other trollop, but, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I really do think that I think, I, I think John Melendez put this picture out there that Gary is like pussy whipped and does all this housework. I'd Mm -hmm. love to see that. I will give you a list of what Gary does and a list of what I do any day. Can I be Gary's advocate? You see, that's the problem. There's less Gary needs to sleep in on weekends. But this is also, you're coming from two ends of the spectrum where John Melendez and Howard are horrible husbands. They are. And examples and they don't do anything. So there's a meat in the middle for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other, th- the other thing is, yeah. And the way they're, the, but Mary see what Mary's not getting, like, I believe, I believe, believe Melendez when he was saying like, Gary has to pick up with after that, you know, this and that, you know, she'd put up with so much while they were still younger than school age, let's say like when she was still definitely a stay at, she's always been a stay at home mom, but she didn't even have the, the, the benefit of having the first nine to three or nine to 12 where they were at kindergarten or the elementary school and have that kind of break to do housework, for example. Uh, and they didn't have a housekeeper. I get that part of it. That's definitely fucking shitty, like really hard work. But then Bowie having to come home and do help. Well, my dad helped out when he got home from work too. Like there's no question that, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, he, I'm sure Gary did stuff. Is it as much or as bad as, as uh, Howard or, or as, as Suttering John would say? I'd say it was somewhere in the middle. I'd say Mary's right. And somewhere in the middle of what Mary's saying and what Bowie was saying is the truth. Yeah, I'd say, well, it's all it's in the middle of the spectrum of what Howard and John perceive and what 
it really is with right. Mary. Yeah, you know, and I spe- I, especially early on when the kids were really young. Yeah, that's the other part is you have to put this in. If I put this in my frame of mind, I'm thinking of, you know, I work a full time job. That's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does. He has to get up early one day a week, uh, one one weekend day. And then you have to uh, you have to split the chores evenly 50 50. But please, I wish we did. That sounds great. You're saying you do more of the work than Gary. Absolutely. I take care. What percentage would you say? Taking care of the house and the children. Oh God! I would say ninety percent. I do. No, that's fair though. I mean, I mean, because you know, Mary is home and Gary, Gary is at work. Right, but you know what? A man and a father, their only job is not just what they do at the office. They I... have to come home and take out the garbage. I know how unglamorous that is, but there's stuff to be done. And I don't know how Fred is as a father because you know I'm not really sure, but I got to tell you something. I think Gary's one of the best fathers, and I've seen Mary in action. The, the two of them together are dynamite parents. Thank so you. I, I can't I can't criticize. I want to say to every one of these people because we do socialize occasionally, probably not enough. Uh, each of them uh, I consider to be part of the team that goes into the Howard Stern show because if the people at work aren't happy, <laughs> which is every day, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just wait until you worry if you have a job for the next every contract period and no kidding yeah and uh and they're having miserable lives at home uh they can't concentrate on the work their role in the show is almost as important as as just about anyone's and i always recognize that and i resented all those years at uh cbs viacom that they didn't invite these people to the christmas party oh fuck it's it's all their fault how about how about years later you took away the christmas party how about just the hubris and the bullshit and see how much I appreciate these people. You're really a part of the family until you're not. And then I pretend you don't exist. <laughs> Sam, let's say you, you're the, the, either the CEO of where you work, right. And you make what Howard made in the mid to late seven, uh, mid to late nineties. Okay. We're talking, uh, upper 20 million, 20, anywhere from like 17 to 25 million a year. You don't you think you would have one big end of fucking Christmas, like season bash, everything paid great gifts for people out of like, because Everyone, number one, how's it going to appear? You're, how's it going to make you look? It'll make you look like king shit. Every single person for as long as they've been on the radio for as much as he made every Christmas, the starting with the core people that are sitting there and their spouses would get at least $200,000 in a Christmas card. I mean, why the fuck not? What do you, I mean, what else do you have? What, what do you need? You have, why do you need all this overhead? First of all, for whatever your life needs, you have a gigantic house with 15, 16 bedrooms for who? Yeah. I mean, first for multiple real. personalities. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or if it's, or if it's not uh $200,000, put 50 grand in a card. Yeah. For, well, some, for somebody like Gary, like, you know, how much, how little he makes, uh, why wouldn't you, when you make all these fucking millions, just say, just, and not even announce it, just surprise and say, Hey, check this out. And here, here's 50 G's, 25 G's. Have or a great once Christmas. in a while for whatever. Well, well, Be- sure. I mean, like, here's an all expense paid trip to, I don't know, fucking Sicily for the family. I, I know you must have had a hard time after your father died. This has been a rough time period for you. A deli tray? A deli platter. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> that was fantastic. My God. See, the thing is, and I, I've known really generous bosses, actually. They were fantastic hosts. They had a, like an end of season Christmas party and the wine, like the selection of fucking booze, the food, even if you didn't eat, it was there, it was offered, it was made available to you. And they, there was no like, get the fuck out. It's 11 o'clock. You got to leave. It's like, no, this is a party. You stay as long as you want. You drink what you like. We're going to clean up. We're the ones responsible for it. You have a great fucking time. And, you know, here's, by the way, here's a gift certificate to, you know, whatever restaurant for everybody. Boom. I mean, a stupid shit county that I work in throws better Christmas parties. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, he's, so he's blaming CBS because they wouldn't fork up for the yeah, money. Right. It's your show, asshole. <laughs> See, it's less Moonves's fault. Right, exactly. Well, they should have been allowed to celebrate with their husbands and wives. I agree with partners. you, Howard. I really? thought it was an insult. That was so weird that, that we could never go. That yeah, how did just, you feel about that? I found that, that like so strange. Like, he was going to this party and we were not invited. I found that to be a little, honestly. I, I... And if it were me, I would take the initiative and say, okay, then bring the spouses and it's on me. Make it so they have to. You're yeah. the you're... you're the fucking big gorilla. 800 right. pound gorilla. But it's also this it goes falls right in line with, you know, Allison having to go around to find jingle ball tickets for fuck's sake. That's funny as fuck. It was a little it was weird. It's wrong. It's weird. No, but it things are so weird. nice now with everybody getting together. We've been having so much fun. And, yeah. You know, yes. we have you to thank, really. Yeah. Well, we're all awesome. happier now. I, I, I got to say, it does, it does. It does feel good. Artie and Dana got to work this out. It sounds to me like Dana's got her head screwed up straight. According to what you already told me, Dana, and this is good news. Uh-oh. Artie is going into therapy. Yes. Calling hey, the guy recommended. And, uh, and I'm going to stick by him through it. So. For you. Yeah, well, we love you. Howard, what are you going to marry Beth? You know, Beth and I have had this discussion. If Beth and I were married tomorrow, would it change our relationship with each other one bit? Uh, honey, now, you, maybe you should answer this question, but I, 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 I just know we're having a blast. I know we're having a ball. And um, I, I kind of feel, you know, I'm probably one of those guys who got shell-shocked by my first marriage, but I don't feel that Beth, unless I'm reading this wrong, honey, I don't feel that Beth thinks we need to be married in order to somehow enhance our relationship. Am I wrong or right? You're correct. I had this conversation. I was in Pittsburgh this past couple of days. And I had this conversation with my mother last night, and she was getting so upset. But I said, I really don't need to be married. I'm so fulfilled. I'm so in love. <laughs> so this definitely had to do with Beth's parents, too, pressuring her or her family. Yeah. Yeah. That That definitely. But, again, they got married for other people's uh they were worried about other people's perceptions not because yeah. they felt that they needed to or wanted to or well beth probably wanted to but again for the perception two words engagement chicken for being mrs stern yeah so happy why change a, the most beautiful perfect thing in my world i don't think it's lack of commitment on my part we've been together six years and i don't think it's a lack of commitment <laughs> so it's six years here <laughs> Except for that that full year in two thousand one, where you were hitting on Lila Arcieri and Angie <laughs> Everhart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little timeline schism, guys. Sorry, schism. Mm-hmm. My best part, and I, I just don't get how, you know, if it's some, if Beth said to me, if we were married, this would happen, and it would be so much better, and this and that, or if I felt that way. 
I, I, I think we do it in a second. It, we, we just we just feel very committed to one another, and I know I'm in love. I mean, she is uh, the light of my life, and and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the Oscar sounds... for shittiest beard bearding assignment look, goes to. And who does she look at? She looks directly at Dana. Are yeah. you buying it? Because I know you're really in love, and you really care about your partner, and your partner really cares about you. Are you buying this? Did you buy my thing? Are yeah. you buying his thing? Right, exactly. Uh, when I was going through hell today, I, you know, I mean, knowing Beth would be home tonight and, and just uh, sit there and talk with me and stuff. And, you know, going it, through it, hell? Well, the Les Moon vest again. Going through hell? What was he, fucking mining cobalt in the Congo? Shut up. Fuck off, yeah. And she, Beth was going to be there to fucking give me my nap, my, my uh, what do you call it, my, my Linus blanket. Like, yeah. let me let me on. tell you about all the awful things I know about these people, but I won't tell you until they really get canceled. Exactly. To me, so I, I don't know. I mean, you know what I, you know what I mean, Mister X? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for, for once, you and I agree on something. I feel the same way. So yeah, yeah. I know you and Robin just don't care about marriage, and you guys have a really. I mean, you guys have a great relationship. No, I believe that Howard didn't get married initially because of the financial blow that the first one caused, and that's oh, the yeah. most important thing to him. Oh yeah. Plus, to the perception, but Mr. X, I think, is different in that I think he knows Robin's nutty. If he's nutty, why is he sticking around? Well, you can leave at any point without any legal obligation. That's true, I suppose. But uh, and the other thing is, guys, the same way Artie and Dana's not really his de facto girlfriend at this time. We have no idea that Mr. X is or isn't with Robin for real at this time either, because a year later they're Splitsville, but they could have been done sooner. And then when this bit was pitched, she just, uh, she kind of talked to him and said, Hey, look, can you, for the sake of the show, could you just go on and say like, we're together? I, I think a lot, cause a lot of people believe Mr. X was a beard. I don't. I think she's. I think she's uh, Robin straight. But there's certainly plenty of ammunition to indicate she might not be, or she's bi. I think that. I mean, the way he's kind of aloof about this, he's protective of her. I think. Yeah. But there is an aloofness about him, which he always has. But mm-hmm. I guess maybe at this point, they're just companions or friends. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Or can we keep Beth here a little longer? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry I interrupted. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Howard. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Howard. Bye. Bye, everyone. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is The Better Half, only on Howard 100 and Howard 101. I, I said you were hot. I, I did no. not. Thank you. Know you don't know where it's possible. I heard a little bit. I, I didn't know where that idiot had to call up and bring up that Jenny McCarthy crap. Whatever, God. I'm what, uh, what is she, Paris Hilton? Gary, I said you were hot. That's hot. <laughs> yeah. And Bo- that's funny. Bowie had to stick around. So Bowie had like a fucking 12 hour day. <laughs> You Take think I mistreat garbage. your? You think I mistreat your husband when I pay him for half a day, but keep him here the whole day? <laughs> Grin and bear it. Better believe it. Okay. That was so yeah. stupid. Did you call? Yes, that was I me. Did. Oh my god! I didn't no, that, that was, was you. That was me. Yeah. I, how come? Like, do you get mad when Gary calls up like Jenny McCarthy? No, it's Gary. Mary, I have a caller on here. I have a caller. Who I've been waiting to put on. It says, Mary, did you know that was Gary who called? <gasps> but I didn't, oh, they didn't even tell me. Oh, yeah. they, no, no, this is somebody Brandon. else. But that was. Oh, you really? Somebody else? 
Include you in? Somebody else recognize your voice? Everybody else recognize your voice. Everybody. Everybody for life. Everybody. The entire studio in there tried not to laugh as loud as it's so yeah. Mary hears Gary's voice so free, so infrequently because he's either working to pay off that fucking home theater or he's at work. Period. Doing Howard's bidding that uh, you know they, she doesn't have any time with him. Oh, like, how did she not know this isn't Gary? Oh, that's hysterical. Here we go. We've got more. We've got we have plenty of callers. Oh, I think we have uh, Howard's other better half on the phone. Ralph, is that you? Oh. <laughs> hey now. Hey um, Hello, bye. <laughs> Ralphie. Are we wrapping up the show? We're going to wrap up in a little bit, but ask your question. Okay, I got a couple questions. First of all, Dana, I think you're a saint. I, I think that you're, I, I love that. Look at that Mr. You, X. <laughs> when he calls in, his head hits, his finger hits his forehead like, oh my God, are we really pretending still? Yeah. Doing the right thing, totally, and you shouldn't do anything till he's in therapy for a month or two because he's really got to get himself centered. I- <laughs> I'm going to take the advice of Howard and Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like, you know, taking Bradley Cooper's advice in the Hangover movie. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Part of me loves it. The other part of me loves, you know, crazy, out of control, hands full of Twinkies already, but I don't want to see the guy kill himself, you know? I have a couple questions for you all. What What is the thing that your your, your better half complains about the most? Like, you know, besides, like, the obvious thing, like the hours and being tired and things like that, but, like, you know, does Gary come home and go, Jesus, you know, Sal, it really just crossed the line all the time, and, you know, like, what, what, what do you, what do they come home and really bitch about? Ralph, I gotta hang up on you because there's other callers, but we'll go with that call. What, what gets... Howard complains <laughs> about Ralph all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Your wife, your real wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a good out. I liked that. What? Uh, but it's a good question. I mean, yeah. Gary's... Well, I mean, not if it's uh, Sal, but if Gary has an interaction, a bad interaction with somebody, um, you know, a fight with Scott the engineer or something with Sal, then yeah, he gets upset by, by it. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's sensitive that way. Mr. X, how about Rob? He's sensitive that way. He's sensitive one hundred twenty four seven. Oh, don't worry, Mary. He'll be off the show soon, and um, he'll be having to pay for his dead wife who died of cancer, and nobody will mention it and promote the GoFundMe, and he'll be living in hell. So Yeah, yeah. and actually, I think Scott, he's done a few podcasts here and there. Wherever it is, I think it's in Florida, actually. He looks like he's enjoying his life, and I'm so happy to see him kind of move on, and I guess he's got a new girlfriend. I have no idea, but God bless Scott. I think that he must have signed some sort of NDA. Oh, he did certainly to to not mention any bullshit. But that that can't last forever. <laughs> so when hopefully he lives longer than the NDA. I bet wherever he's living, when he gets a couple drinks in him, he oh, can't wait to talk to people. No kidding. I would love to fuck. I would buy his drinks for a month just to hear oh, every single story. Please, it'd be endless margaritas for a yeah. fucking month. Fillmore and I would open We would even go to the beach. Tiki hut on the beach. <laughs> I would quit my whole life and just start selling joints and tequila. We'd build a stage for him. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. Uh, she doesn't really complain about a lot. In terms of the show when she comes home. No, very rarely. Okay. Howard thinks he's fat. It was heartbreaking. He wanted to buy <laughs> <laughs> Did you see those Superman pictures? 
<laughs> I said there's a there's a video from 2004 of the ladies like uh, she she's an auctioneer basically she brought in the Christopher Reeve outfit from like Superman four <laughs> one of the shitty ones and uh, the shittiest one ever and then they have Casey Artie and Howard all tried it on I took screen caps of them and Howard looks like it's you know he's just in the middle of being undressed by Ralph because the back is completely it's not even on you know what I noticed about that is he had a little bit of cleavage in the front and yeah. it looked like he was you know bruce jenner before he decided to stop transitioning but he got the moves yeah right and he also his his idea of a big belly was this little blip of you know skinny fat that he couldn't get rid of like the same way like he got lipo under his chin under his neck to get rid of the turkey jowls or whatever same kind of thing like he would have i imagine he he would have actually starved himself to get rid of whatever little bit of fat that is down by his midsection well, doesn't that say a lot for why we are seeing Beth in this condition she is in wow. now? Fuck. I mean, these two are just, you should have ran, Beth. Imagine, like, I imagine if Beth goes to restaurants where the menu's in Braille or it's like it's completely clear, like there's nothing there. Welcome to the uh, Karen Carpenter Bistro. Uh, we've got some X-Lax and Ipecac on fucking tap. So, <laughs> like, like literally, you know, the, 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 them eating vegan stuff or vegetarian or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, maybe having a meal every other day, that kind of thing. It's Metamucil and Seeds. Yeah. <laughs> God. Bananas this afternoon, and he'd walk to the refrigerator, and he'd walk back to his desk, and he'd walk, and he'd walk back, and I go, "What are you doing?" Because I'm trying to decide if I should have the extra bag of bananas. <laughs> he's fat. Do you think what? he's fat? Oh my God, he's. <laughs> Is this? She thinks she's being endearing. Right. This sounds psychotic. Well, yeah. It's a banana. It's Frozen not like he's walking back and. You know, I walk back and forth from the fridge and I'm like, I really want that cookie dough ice cream. Right. <laughs> you know, right. that's something I think about her. Fuck, there's a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos in the pantry. Shit like that. Not you know a what? banana. If I Sam. chose a banana, I'd be patting myself on the back. I'm going to I'm going to uh, do Len Young a favor and imitate uh, Artie's manager, except I'm going to alter it to be Howard. You know, I think I've been pretty good. I'm going to go get that extra ice cube. <laughs> he's yeah you know what <laughs> there's these things that infants have where you could take the frozen fruit and you put it in you shut it in the it's a teething mechanism so you put the frozen fruit in a netting and you keep it in the freezer so when kids are teething they can suck the frozen fruit and it won't they won't choke on it it just goes through but it also soothes their it soothes the tooths coming, the teeth coming in. That's oh, how Howard would contemplate having like the, that the concept of like a, a pacifier. But if the pacifier had a, a brick of ice that wouldn't come off of it. Yeah. If okay. it had a frozen strawberry. Yeah. He'd be worried. Fucking hell. <laughs> this is I'm going to have to run 20 laps after this, uh, you know, after this frozen banana. Oh my That's. God. The, the two that you, you're in total agreement. The two of them both have eating disorders, but him, him just as they're equally bad. I would rather be Robin who ran for the bagel than this. <laughs> ran. <laughs> she, she flew into that store with both hands. <laughs> who got a limo service dropped off at a bagel stand. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bagel Boss helicopter drop. There was locks on that. <laughs> oh God, locks! Jesus Christ. Perfect. He's insane, is what he is. We're thinking he's fat. <laughs> a couple of quick rapid fire questions for you individually, Allison. Does it bother you that Fred is referred to as being from Mars on the oh, show? Definitely, definitely. It I does hate bother that. you? Yes, Aww. it does bother me. I hate because that. I'm from Mars. <laughs> can thank for that one, but yeah, because. You know, he's quiet, and people perceive that as being strange and weird, and that totally bothers me. I don't like that at all, because he's not. I mean, he's he's such a great guy. You know, the one thing about Fred, if anyone were to ask me, is there anything that people don't know? He has no agenda. Fred is quiet because Howard hates when he's talk when Fred talks, because I think Fred is smarter than Howard. Especially when it comes to music and the radio technical stuff. So Your your niece Macy is smarter than Howard. (laughs) 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 Come on. That's not an apt comparison. I mean, let's let's be honest. No. But but he shuts him up and he is quiet and he does seem like he's from Mars because Howard hates when Fred talks and anytime he gives him an avenue to say anything, he regrets it and tries to shut it down as fast as possible. Well, if, 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 you know, if, if, if Fred, I don't know, read a page of one book, he'd be smarter than Howard. And like the, the idea that when, uh, like if you were to meet Fred in a bar and just have a drink, well, Hey, what's going on? I'm sure he'd be perfectly fine, especially if you weren't fanning him and you were going, Hey, how's it going? Whatever. I think he'd be more than happy because you're not (laughs) abusing him. He's not in that, he's not in that environment where he's going to get fucking shit on. And now Fred probably couldn't be happier he couldn't be happier because Howard wants that edict where Robin's mic's potted down, Fred's mic's potted down until he controls them and they can speak more so than the old days. Recently, there's a clip. It's in in one of the last breakdowns, or it's going to be in the next breakdown, where Robin starts talking during, I think, the Metallica interview, and you only hear her like sotto voce. You barely hear her. That literally is Howard's, I don't know how, but it's spotted down to the level where it's almost like in his ear, but that's it. And that clearly was, was by design. I was wondering, because I listened to this interview, I thought she wasn't speaking into the mic. Nope. And then I realized he doesn't have her at the same decibel. No fucking way. He wants her down. And that's definitely an edict that was like whatever Marcy thing. I think it was Howard, strictly Howard going, I want, I'm going to shine. I don't want anybody jumping in anymore. Now, I think that might bother Robin, but I think Fred is totally comfortable with now knowing he loves it. You just don't want to hear from me. No, you bury yourself in your stupidity asking, what's that pedal? You know, (laughs) is that an amplifier? (laughs) How does that work? Oh, you plug it in? Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's that chord you just played? How do you write songs? Say that again. <laughs> what was what was what was oh, it? Was it Harry Styles? Was it Harry Styles or no? Who was it that was playing that uh, Peter Gabriel cover? And then he had them play that little. Oh. <laughs> he was blown away. I can't remember who it was. Um, was it Harry Styles? Ah, if it wasn't Harry Styles, it was somebody else. Like it was a pop star, pop artist. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go back to it. If I can find that clip, I got to go back to that. Wow. Play that again. Honestly, is like no hidden agenda about the man. And I'm constantly reminded of that over and over again, that he has like no agenda. He's just he is what he is. And if so, there's, if there's he, one think, thing you had to change about Fred, what would it be? 
I think she's saying he has no agenda over and over again. Much like I think how other spouses said things without saying things. Right, like Howard says, I can't be gay, I'm married. But I think the no agenda is really to... You know, play, he's not after you, Howard. Howard. You yeah. don't you don't have to worry. Right. Well, his agenda is getting more money and getting Kig Norris that fucking, you know, three three he's album contract so... with Columbia. Well, it's it's this he's remember, she said he's so loyal. He really cares about the show. He doesn't hate you. He has no agenda. It's all this affirmation without yeah. saying it. Yeah. Just one thing. Just, no. <laughs> you had to pick one. No, I mean he's you know he's too humble. He's like he's just too you know. He's... <laughs> like Benjamin said one time, you know that's that's like going to the job interview. You say, do you have any flaws? Yeah, I probably work too hard. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say about anyone else they're too humble. Too humble. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Never. Never. I've heard of the adjective. They're very humble. Yeah, sure. Too they... humble. You're stretching now. the truth. Yeah. Well, well, also you're, you're acting like this person has something to actually prop themselves up and be, they have something to be proud of. He, he's, he's useless outside of that show. Allison has the agenda. The agenda is to make Fred appear something harmless. Yeah. Yeah. So creative and he's just, <laughs> he's oh. really smart and he just needs to, um, you know, he doesn't need, I mean, that's like silly, but he just, um, if I had to change anything, well, you know, that's a loaded question. <laughs> no, well, it's not a loaded question unless you've got something you really want to say that you're not willing to say. Well, this is interesting. She said he needs, and then she stopped herself. She did that before too. Remember? Yes, yes she did. She's a little loaded. So <laughs> she needs, he needs what? And, oh, it's a loaded question. No, it's a loaded question in your brain. You yeah. almost said something you didn't mean to say. And so yeah. now you're pointing at John, who knows nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, the and, you, and watch it. Like, don't get it. Don't go any further down this fucking road. He needs more money. He needs affirmation. And he needs, like, independence. He needs his own show or something. He needs a writer's credit, something. He needs what? You're loaded like a real housewives reunion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a loaded question, but um, no, he just, he, he needs to just own who he is, you know, because he's such a smart guy and he's creative and. Have you heard the Ronnie impression lately? The cunt of the, well, the, the jewel of the cunt. This is the new film we're doing. <laughs> oh, look at this. Breakfast at cunt. That is the new Ronnie motion picture vehicle. It's almost, it's just gotten worse over the years too. And now that he's barely on the show, it's reprehensible. She is, she is circling around. And because like I said, she's a little tipsy that I want to make the point clear to Howard that he's loyal. He has no agenda. He's not going anywhere, but I also want to make the point there's something missing. He needs something. He's very smart. You're not looking into and appreciating the qualities that you have in this loyal, non-agenda employee. You see? That's right. <laughs> it's almost like a, like a Fred with a, putting a tarantula on Howard's face and going, don't worry, Howard. 
Uh, he's not trying to poison you with a eight legged, you know, with a fucking furry creature with poisonous fangs. There's no worry. There's no problem. Don't mind yeah. that dagger by your back. It's fine. Everything is fine. Stay still. Don't take off your wig. If he gets that Law and Order gig as a regular recurring pothead character, uh, we're out of here. But don't worry. He's here. I know Cruel Intentions was a big movie, but we, we don't even remember that. <laughs> and he just needs to have a little, maybe more of an ego. Okay. When King Norris headlines at Coachella, you don't have to worry. You're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to jam with the fucking May the Wallflowers. <laughs> A question for you. Is Howard mm-hmm. thinking about the show 24-7, or is he able to <laughs> and spend time with you that has nothing to do with the show? He's thinking of the show 24-7. Mm-hmm. And does that bother you? No. Is that something you'd want to no. change? it's him. It's him. It's he, him. Believe me, he gives me my time, and he's so generous with his time with me, but... In his head, there's always that what's going to happen next on the show or thinking about the show or what ha- what played out on that day. So he's nonstop work. Actually, I want to ask that question to everybody else here. Um, is it 24-7 Howard or is are, are they able – is your better half able to forget about the show and concentrate on you? Everybody's oh, nice question, John. <laughs> Let, let's what, fluff what, up the boss some question. more. Oh my God! This is twenty four seven. Fucking kneel down and suck his sack. What a shit question. It is pretty shit. Oh, he's holding his mouth. <laughs> Do you want some more Chambouille? <laughs> I'm trying to avoid breathing into the microphone. No, Robin uh, turns it off rather readily. Wow. I mean, she will listen to it now that That's you're on serious. She listens to the little portable radio around the house, but we get into other things when she gets home, and she doesn't. Uh, focus on it all the time. Mary, how about Gary? Well, I have friends that say, oh, you're so lucky your husband's home for dinner every night, but he's (laughs) he's in front of the computer or he's on the phone. Totally. Constantly. Constantly. And I guarantee it's not even just being Gary being overworked. It's him not being efficient enough to get the job done while he's at work. Plus, Gary seems like a gabber. He seems more of a gossiper and a phone person than, you know, mobsters. Well, you know, like like that, like the, running it. He just seems like a person who likes to be on the phone, always in yeah. touch. Well, the the other thing is, yeah, how much of it is, and we don't know. It's all speculation, obviously. But he was trying to get like parlay his job into being a producer elsewhere. And stuttering John getting a fucking six mid six figure salary at the Tonight Show would have galvanized galvanized Gary's resolve after having turned down according to him a job working with Artie doing a sports show on terrestrial radio after they finished on at k-rock mm-hmm. he has to be thinking god there's got to be a better paying fucking job somewhere that i can get in tv well i think the the john's job thing that still to this day and that's why you hear allison saying loyal no agenda and right, mary right. he's so happy blah 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 it's all this affirmation because I think that sets some sort of quake in that system of, oh, my God, if this idiot can get that salary, right. what does this mean for the rest of us? And Howard yes. must have been thinking that, too, thinking, fuck, they're going to leave. I'm going to have yeah. to pay someone competent. On, on some level, I might have to actually give them a working wage, a living wage in New York. Yeah, I might. Ha- they might not have to do uh, car dealership signings. <laughs> <laughs> Dressing up like a gorilla. You on that one, Dana? 
Um, same thing with Artie. I think um, he, too, is very creative. And if he's not thinking about the show, then he's thinking about Beer League, which is coming out soon, his mm. movie. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, and no, and if it's not that, then it's his stand-up material. And I think that that's where he derives a lot of his pleasure. And I think, um, you know, it should, he should try to get some pleasure from pottery class. <laughs> no, it's, I think that Beer League, if Howard would have given him the, the, I guess, extension of understanding to be able to do those other things and not have such a dark cloud hanging over coming to the show while trying to do beer league, even though he said it was okay. And then it, yeah. then he just hammered him about it. That also had a lot to do with this unhappiness in Artie's life. So even though I'm not blaming Howard for Artie's faults and addiction, it is something he knew about Artie, he saw him sort of spiraling. And so to make his work environment less happy and more stressful, I think added to this whole thing. Well, add, and add to the fact that he already knows that Howard scuttled that uh, audition for the late, late show in that whole time. And you add that in and you think, you know what? My boss really is a cocksucker. Right. Because Artie was being treated like how he treats everybody else. Yep. But Artie isn't everybody else, and he really is a true talent, and I think he could have been hired in other places, unlike Fred, Robin, or Gary. Um, he was getting legit acting work. He worked on uh, Rescue Me. He oh, was yeah. at uh, He was at, um, God, what was the other show he did? He did a bunch of things, actually. He was doing, um, God, not Showtime, not Showtime, what was it? Um, God. Um It'll come back to me, but either way, he was doing other work and that regularly he would be tasked to do talk shows constantly, whatever. That I mean, you're in the business. He was doing auditions. He auditioned for the Aronofsky film, The the Wrestler. Um, so he was still behind the scenes trying to get something going other than the show constantly. Plus, he, unlike Howard, has an actual film talent, an acting talent, which that clearly Howard doesn't have. He also has that natural charismatic presence on talk shows, which Howard doesn't. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Artie-lang.com with an ace. Exactly. Artie-lang.com. Beerleague.com. Oh. I love it. You're, you're on the ropes yet. You're throwing the plugs in left and right. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't know how that happened. It just did. I, I don't know. She's pretty you mean, How unhappy would that make you if you were Artie to know that, yes, this is your dream job to be on the Stern show, but you having these mixed messages of we want to see you succeed, but we're holding you back. Well, yeah. And then also not being strong willed enough to say, you know, cause he's stubborn, but not where it comes to Howard and that hero worship that Howard knew he, he had that control over Artie yes. until he didn't. And later on and Artie no being also, he's able to play that passive aggressive game. Like after the, the bro fight for sure, that was a schism. That's where he said, this person is going to treat me like a whack packer until I die. And if that's the case, then fine. I am going to miss fucking days. You won't fire me. And he didn't for years. He let him slide. But isn't it interesting? He almost had 
it's almost like the notebook at the end where the lady, he reads the story to her. Noah reads the story to his wife, Allie. And then all of a sudden she remembers and then she quickly forgets their whole life. It's like Artie has these moments of clarity where he knows who Howard is. He understands what's happening. And then years later, even after he's off the show, he has these moments of clarity, sees exactly who he is, and then he forgets. It's so bizarre. And then he mythologizes again. And I don't know why he does that. In when, in terms of like, okay, like this is how the it relationship here. with Howard. Yeah. And what it was, how he treated him, the whole thing. There's right. a lot of forgetfulness, then realizing, then coming at him, then forgetting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's it's hard for him to vacillate because it it is a comedy hero. Like it is for him what he thinks is a hero, then they always say, you know, don't meet your heroes. In this case, it proved to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She's I don't have a hidden Future agenda. Community prophecy. I don't have a hidden agenda, go. by the way. I know. No, I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. Anthony, you're but on the better the half. Truth. I know. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Anthony? Good. Uh, um, I want to ask Gary's wife, um, how do you feel about the I want you back tape? <laughs> the what? Uh, Gary, I want you back, Tate. Oh, oh, the- oh you know what? <laughs> I have never heard it. I want to be your boyfriend. I want you to be my girlfriend. <laughs> I'd dump everybody I was going out with in a second if you said oh. you'd go back. And it would be just me and you. So if, if, I want to make that clear. If it hadn't been clear, I'm making it clear now. <gasps> I right. want your back tape. What is that? It's great, it's Mary. It's girlfriend tape. Oh, I, oh, I remember that. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You've never that. heard that tape? No, I've, I've, I've actually heard it. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear little tidbits of it, it makes the hair on my neck rock. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> Beth wants to know so bad. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Okay. Last call of the evening. Louie in New York. You Make are it a on good the better one. half. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, guys? Great show. Hi. Thanks, Hi. Louie. My, my question is for Allison. Um, I, used oh. to, I used to love when Allison would call in and uh, either defend Fred or argue about something that had happened uh, off the air. And it always seemed that Howard and the other guys would be able to easily get under her skin. And I thought that made for great radio. Uh, and Allison, have you just calmed down a bit more? Or is, or, or why aren't you uh, calling in anymore? Because they're not attacking me anymore. <laughs> you know, they're not, I guess, you know, are you referring to stuff from, like, from Tony and Tina's, and is that what you're referring to? I think he was referring to stuff that had happened in the in the past. Yeah, well, you know, I guess it's just, you know, it hasn't been, you know, in the forefront. So, um, you know, I guess if it made for great radio, then that's that's a lot of fun. But the truth was, it did get under my skin. So I guess that was, you know, the honest answer to that. Um, that's not an answer. He's asking why you're no longer on the fucking air anymore. And I think that's, you've answered the, what you the real answer is because of the fucking Tony and Tina's wedding. And because of the rainbow room, I'm never coming back on this cocksucking show again. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, she's still in that grappa fucking answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I- gone so i He's guess gone. you did okay Whoops. and uh we wrap up the better half i want to thank everybody mr x mary delabate beth o thank you john my pleasure yeah, mr da- x looks like <laughs> mr x looks like he just <laughs> cringe 
<laughs> he puts his hand on his head like, oh, my God, can we please be done with this? Let me just scroll right back there for a bit. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> Faceball. Okay, here we go. Anna, Allison Norris. Thank, thank you. you. Hope you all enjoy. Howard, thanks fun. for calling in. Honey, I'm coming fun. home right now. <laughs> Final words across the room, Mr. X. I don't know why Robin says this is so difficult. <laughs> Piece of cake, you're ready for more? Tomorrow, right. yeah. Mary, anything you want to say in closing? No, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, John. Beth? I love Howard. <laughs> <laughs> she might as well be fucking brick on Anchorman. I love Lamp. <laughs> Look at her fucking face. She looks like a pelican that just ate a bunch of fish. A little mermaid. Howard, I'm galloping home. Hold on. Let me bring this back. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell how much champagne is left in here. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ass. <laughs> skipping home like a hobo with the champagne. She's got one of those crazy straws going into the wine bottle. <laughs> <laughs> with a cock, Jack. <laughs> Bachelorette. <laughs> I love Fred. John, who do you love? Yeah. I love my job. And of course, I love my. Of course, I. Are you married, John? Yes, I love my wife and I love my team. Tell us about your wife. Oh, that'll be on the next Better Half. She'll be hosting. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Better Half only on Howard 100. What do you think Howard's reaction is going to be to the show? I don't know. You want to call me tomorrow and I'll let you know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, he called in, so maybe I feel maybe he thought things were going a little slow and he wanted to up it a little bit. Could be wrong. All right, Mr. X, tell me how you think that's next better half went. I thought it was fun and hopefully it was entertaining for the people calling in and listening. Now, you didn't really, you weren't that vocal today. Well, when you were four women, you only got, how much did you get to say? I'm surprised I got to talk as much as I did. Plus, I know Robin's listening and you know, I probably have, I look like Kunta Kinte tomorrow after the whipping I get, so. Uh, had to be careful. All right, Allison, how do you think tonight's better halfway? I think it went great, actually. I think um, it, it should go more. You should do more. What was your favorite part? Um, Jeez, I think you should do more. I think he should just stick you in the room with a mic and let you rant <laughs> with a bottle of fucking, I don't know. Mary. I want to marry Valpolicella. Yeah, big time, without, without Beth in there. I love listening to Dana. I thought Dana was actually very real, and um, I just love... You know, I love when Howard called in, and I love just getting real, getting really real. And I was sorry that it was over so soon. Did you hear it all? Nice. Yeah. Oh, just, by the way, Fillmore, and I thought she said, I like how Dana was real. Dana yeah. was yeah, specific, real. Yeah, specifically. I'm trying to think what part. There was one part you could have been nice to me, but as, I always could be nice. As a, gen, as a general, I thought it went really well. I had a lot of fun. I um, I hope I got my point across. It's hard. Uh, it's been four years for Artie and I, and in the last week, a lot has been revealed. But I think it went well. A lot of fun. And I look forward to doing it again. I think the callers were really tame. I think John was tame. I feel we were really willing and, and ready to go anywhere. And we just didn't go to those deep, dark places, and I was ready. Do you think that? <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like the winning quarterback at the end of the Super Bowl. I made it. We we did it. We, we I was ready. Are you going to Disney World? The <laughs> the deep dark places. Deep dark. You wouldn't even answer how you met. Well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> she may as well have had that that uh, that been blacked out. You know those silhouette interviews where they modulate the voice and they just don't show you there. <laughs> yeah, like cartel, like ex cartel people. Deep deep throat. <laughs> You know, Howard and I met somewhere down with the uh, the Mercer kitchen. (laughs) I hate her. John was out with not asking Dana the direct question. I tried to ask 10 times. I wanted to get it going. That's been the topic all week from what I hear. And I feel like that's what callers and and audience wanted to hear. What's going on with Dana and Artie? And we kind of got the surface of it. But man, I really wanted to get in there. What was the problem? (laughs) Yeah, man, I really want to know. And like, look at my hand motions. And by the way, uh, I know I said I'm friends with Dana, but I just want to like do whatever I want. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Really wanted to know next time. Just finished up the better half. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh my god, it's like a cockroach crawled across the screen. Kayla, this is for you. Kayla, this is for you. Oh god. And Gina LaPlaca, I know you hate his guts as well. I know a lot of people hate this guy's fucking guts. I personally still don't get the hate. I understand why he's creepy and he's actually ugly no, to I look understand. At and cr- creepy and i you know i take Howard it back was I talking understand. about his impacted shit all week that's like that coming across the screen in human form yeah fair enough the significant others and uh learned a lot i mean definitely interesting seeing how they were on on mike howard called in which is always great learned a lot about dana a lot about mr x uh some stuff about mary who i knew a little bit before this is, really is like that cctv shot of to catch a predator <laughs> okay, guys, we'll play it out. And, uh, Allison, I thought <laughs> it was incredible. I'm done. Uh, it was really fun talking to them. A little bit intimidating. I didn't know them beforehand, but now I feel comfortable and hopefully we'll get to do it again. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get an emaciated scarecrow walking away. <laughs> oh, you had to get that wedding topper. Yeah, exactly. Guys, that is the end of part two. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope if we hope you uh, uh, didn't, uh, I, we hope you got as much out of it as we did. And now we're both going to empty a crate of wine down our throats with a funnel. Uh, any closing thoughts before we let this one go? None whatsoever. Beth can uh, help. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, take care. We love you. Oh, just real quick. I was also calling because... Uh, I just want to see my tears on the See you later. Of Thanks, Eric. Back, back. <laughs> back, back. All right, buddy. Back, back. Eric, what, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I said the tour that I'm Take care, see. man. Back, back. <laughs> Don't ever call back. <laughs>